Welcome back to Real Ag Radio. I am your host for the day, Lindsay Smith. And joining me now is the one, the only, Peter Wheat Pete Johnson. So Friday night, um, Pete, it was like we were working together, whether you knew it or not. Uh, but I spoke uh, to a wonderful group of local farmers here in the area. And uh, you were gracious enough to send us uh some of your discussion that you did at the Grey Bruce about nitrogen management. And so I played a portion of that uh, to really sort of to get through some of the science of nitrogen management and get some of the discussion going on what we can do about nitrogen management. And there were a few things that came out of it. So one very quickly that I want to talk about here is um, because there are a lot of questions about this, is about managing our losses. Yes, all of the losses cost us money. Not all of us are an environmental concern. And we've talked about this a few times. Um, but just if we can summarize it here, which which of the losses are we worried about environmentally? So by far the biggest loss that we worry about environmentally is the nitrous oxide loss. And, and that's sort of the new science in the game because... It's that transformation, and, and it gets a little technical, right? But it's, it's the, the nitrification transformation. So when you go from ammonium to nitrate, and we used to think that that just happened in the soil, and it does, but that's, we get this little burst of nitrous oxide, which depending on which science you look at, how you do the calculations, but it's, you know, in, in the official Government of Canada, Agriculture Canada document, it's 460 times more potent than carbon dioxide. So it's that nitrous oxide that really is the main focus. And, and the one that we can do something about really is that, that nitrification process that is one to four weeks after we apply the nitrogen. There's a little burst in the spring at, at spring thaw. There's so far, we, we don't think we can do much about that one. We're looking at cover crops. That, that science is quite variable. So we're not sure what to do there. If you grow soybeans, by the way, you don't get that because soybeans just rob the soil so much of nitri- nitrate that, that even in the spring, you don't get that burst. But we can't grow continuous soybeans. We've got to rotate. And then there's some other times when you, when, you know, under really – just as it gets saturated, we can get a little burst of nitrous oxide. But, but man, the, the ammonia volatilization, it's a smog issue. Ah, you could get a little bit of that ammonia that might change to nitrous oxide in the air. But all of those things really are pale in comparison. And the one that we can manage, the one that we can really do something about from an emission standpoint is that nitrous oxide. The problem there, Lindsay, is that it's, we lose so little nitrogen as nitrous oxide that that's not the big win from an economic standpoint, the dollars in the farmer's pocket. That's where the ammonia volatilization really, that's the big loss most of the time. Or the denitrification in those really saturated soils when you get the ponding in, in the field and there a you know, the best thing you can probably do there is tile drainage and not let that water stand there so that that doesn't happen. So those are the economic losses, but the environmental loss is really that, that nitrous oxide. And it's kind of, and what's bizarre is that it happens when we get agronomically the perfect rain. Mm-hmm. We plant the corn, we, we fertilize the corn, we get one inch of rain. You would say as an agronomist, yeah, baby, that corn's going to take off. 
Well, it's when we get those conditions that we get this burst of nitrous oxide and, and we just we just need to manage around that as best we can. Okay. And so that is where the rubber hits the road. And I'm glad you've sort of outlined this is that, you know, any way we lose nitrogen is an economic concern. Because of course, you know, the end we put down, we want it to go to the plant and only the plant. But you know, 100% usage is not necessarily reasonable. But you're right, we worry most about where the biggest loss is going to happen because of the pocketbook. But even a small loss, as you mentioned, nitrous oxide is very potent. So even a small loss, maybe not a financial hit, but an environmental one. So so quickly, you're right, it's it's a few weeks after the that we're really worried about losing it. What can we do to protect against nitrous oxide emissions? So, so we can, I mean, the easy answer is we stabilize the nitrogen in some way, shape, or form. So we use a nitrification inhibitor or we, we use a coated urea or some way we try to, to stabilize it. But the other way that, that even has a greater impact and, and really is easy for the farmer to do is it's all about how big that ammonium pool gets. The bigger the ammonium pool, the more that nitrous oxide burst happens as the, the soil bacteria drive that process from ammonium to nitrate. And so we split nitrogen. If we split nitrogen, and the best from an environmental standpoint, the best is probably a 50-50 split, or maybe it's a 40-60 split because if you put the 60-second, it's the crop is got a higher uptake demand at that point so so we don't allow that nitro uh, pardon me the ammonium pool to get as big the smaller the ammonium pool the less nitrous oxide we generate so the easiest answer bar none is split your nitrogen and the second part of that is incorporate the nitrogen get it covered up that stops the volatilization losses and so that that's an economic win for the grower. And then split your nitrogen. If you do those two things, boy, you, you've had an incredibly positive impact on the environmental and also the economic outcome that you're going you're going to see year after year after year. Mm-hmm. The challenge always with this, right, Lindsay, is that every year is different. So when two things to that also, and I shared on Friday, and um, because I have heard you say it enough times that it is like old hat, that the challenge sometimes with splitting the N is there isn't always a yield bump to splitting the application. So sometimes it can be hard to, to justify the extra work. So if you are, because the real economic loss that we're trying to avoid with split nitrogen is that ammonia volatilization. Mm-hmm. And so if the weather never gives you that ammonia volatilization potential, as, as John Lozon would say, you only get nitrogen losses when there is some driving force to cause those nitrogen losses. And so many years, you won't get the driving force to cause the um, loss of volatilization from that urea that you apply. Well, if you don't lose it as volatilization – then it's still there. And so splitting your nitrogen means you drove over the field twice and you didn't lose any nitrogen to begin with. So guess what? Zero economic response, zero yield gain. Mm -hmm. The environmental win is, is more consistent 
that little bit, that pound or two, or at the most three pounds of nitrogen you lose as, as nitrous oxide, that win is more consistent because we almost always get that one-inch rain that causes that loss. But if I lose three pounds of nitrogen, does it? do I get less yield? Well, gosh, three pounds of nitrogen, is like the yield impact of that last three pounds of nitrogen I put on is it's basically zero. It might be a bushel. It's hard to measure. It's, I don't know, $5 worth of nitrogen. You're going like, wow, I'm trying to save $5 worth of nitrogen. But to split nitrogen just about 100% of the time gives you the environmental win. Often doesn't give you that economic win, just as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, the, so the second thing, of course, is... Um, we did talk about the importance of leaving a test strip. And before we talk about that, just quickly, and we are, we need to take a break and get to our next segment. But um, you did mention, of course, it's every year is different and year over year. So we also talked about the importance of sharing data, if you can, in that if you're only going to run a trial and leave a test strip on your farm, um, goodness, could we learn a lot more if farmers actually shared some of those results, which is a lot of what you do on the word, but also, you know, there, there's room for formal sharing of those results. So we could do a whole other segment on that, but very quickly leaving a test strip. So I, of course, you know, there were questions on Friday about, well, you know, how do you measure the differences? How do you whatever? And, and I, I love, yes, leaving a test strip. Um, and then of course, one farmer says, well, but I, if I'm getting treated nitrogen, it comes treated. I can't really not, you know, not, treat uh, one area. So there's some things around that. But how important, how do we manage or, or why should we prioritize leaving a strip where we've done something different than the rest of the field F- full out? So uh, you know me, Lindsay, every field should be a test plot. And, and when it comes to nitrogen, there's two things. One is, did you treat that nitrogen? And, and it's, that's a tough one. Because as you say, if I, it's hard to get untreated uh, product if I'm going to treat all my product. You could do straight urea against super U. You could get one load of super U, double inhibitor and super U, and then do straight urea. So there's some opportunities around there. Or one load treated with Agritain or, or uh, Tribune or, or Excellus Max or whatever product you're using, and the other load not. But even there, like it just, it's tough to do a good job. The other thing you need to do that, you know, on a check strip basis is look at your nitrogen rate because I talked, it's about the ammonium pool. Well, man, if I get a big ammonium pool there that the crop doesn't need, and then I get a big nitrate pool that the crop doesn't need, well, that nitrogen is getting lost at some point, and that's a huge economic and environmental concern. So the, the biggest win is actually to get your nitrogen rate right and that takes a zero strip in the field, and pretty much everybody should be able to try to do that. Ah, it can be tough, but but it's just huge. You can't if you don't measure what you're doing, you cannot manage to improve the economics or the environmental impact. So it, you just have to figure out how to do it. 